Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! about dicks in the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen gord oh my lord bowing down to bone bat podcasting your asses in nerdy massive classes speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses take your glasses off the set i'm dropping bombs on your dome in your home pull your bootstraps up it's time to burn chrome dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes chewing on them kirby loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show b-movie holy men wombat metalhead politics amen independent artist friends renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit quick wit crickets of the populace walking with some romulus rolling prime like optimus the world people have started to celebrate by dancing singing and killing one another take me down to mexico we'll eat a pile of tacos and i won't mind if you decide you love me if a scientist could find a way to shrink you down with a shrink ray i'd pick you up and put you in my pocket I give you two thumbs up, two thumbs up, two thumbs up, two thumbs up. Remember the end of the running man where Arnold sends Ben Killian exploding through that billboard for Cadre Cola. What's that you say? You liked it a lot. We both agree it hit the spot, but I'm not exactly sure why it exploded. I give you two thumbs up, two thumbs up, two thumbs up, two thumbs up. I give you more, but these two thumbs are all I have to give to you right now. You're a sexy ladybug that flies around and lands on stuff. I'll let you land on me anytime you want. Help me score the winning goal Now please report to the end zone There's a sexy dance party in progress I give you two thumbs up Two thumbs up Two thumbs up Two thumbs up What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 169 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It is going well. I, I am back on terra firma, back in my hometown. I'm loving it. I traveled out to Chicago very, very recently. Just got back. Chicago, I got to tell you, great city. I always love the city of Chicago. I always enjoy my time there. But 
Chicagoans, I got to tell you, your pizza is bullshit. I know you're proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't like the deep dish, thick pie pizza, huh? No, it's essentially you take a crust and you make like a hot tub out of it. And then you instead of water in the hot tub, you just fill that's, it with tomato sauce and then you call it pizza. That's true. Not you're you're not a large man, so. <laughs> no. Why do I want a I bread bowl a normal of tomato large soup? pizza would seem like a hot tub to you. Yeah. And the pizza restaurants, they get real testy when I start like bathing in the pizza. But <laughs> when you ask, do you have New York style? Slap. <laughs> Bang, bong, punch. Yeah, stab. Kind of like it when you go to Cincinnati and ask for normal chili. (laughs) I I guess. Doesn't have spaghetti and cinnamon in it. What the hell? What the hell, Cincinnati? Really? (laughs) You didn't know that? You don't know about the joys of Cincinnati chili? No. It's not terrible, but it's weird when you're not used to it. I suppose so. Jesus. If we have yeah, any Cincinnati the... listeners, uh, please fire in with uh Yeah, please tell us why you put Cincinnati spaghetti in your chili. Chili recipe so Gord can be enlightened. Anyway, pizza. Pizza. No, yeah, wretched pizza in Great City. That's that's the long <laughs> short of it. And I I had the misfortune of flying United. I don't know what the hell I was thinking of it, but I, I flew United out and it was, you know, miserable as as you would expect. And they charge you for absolutely everything. They get, you know, I couldn't care, do a carry-on bag because somehow I managed to buy the peasant ticket, where you're you're just essentially shuttled into the back with the cattle, and you're not allowed to hold anything. But uh, coming back, I still had that same peasant ticket coming back, so I'm on group last. You know, the absolute last group of people that gets to get on the airplane. So by the time you get on the airplane, everything's full. All the overhead's full. All the underside is full. Everything's full. The seats are full. And you've got to, like, fight somebody for a seat. So I get all the way to the back of the plane, and I go to where my seat is. And sure enough, there's a guy sitting in my seat. Okay, I wasn't actually all the way in the back. I was, like, (laughs) you know, two-thirds of the way in the back. So I get there. There's a guy sitting in my seat. And I go, "Uh, you know, pardon me, guy sitting in my seat, but I couldn't help but notice you're sitting in my seat. And this dude, he's got his phone, he's watching He's watching anime on his phone, he's got his headphones on, and he's got, like, the whole thing set up, and then this guy next to him, he's got his whole thing set up, he's got, like, a book and a magazine and a pad of paper and stuff, and, and it's, it's going to be one of those giant pain in the asses for him to get out. And this lady, sitting in her seat, this aisle seat, just kind of, like, catches my eye, and she whispers at me, she's like, just let him keep that seat. His seat is further up in the plane, in the good seats. And so I How went— How does she know that? Is she with him? Because it? she can see the only other freaking empty seat in the oh, plane, and it's forward okay. to that. All right, all right, all right. I got so it. So she's clearly an experienced traveler, but and she's back here with the peasants. So I not only got to look like the good guy, I got the good seat because I'm like, oh, hey, man, no, it's cool. Don't don't worry. I, your seat, where's your seat? Right? I'll just take that one. Don't worry about it, man. We're all going to the same place. It's cool. Oh, thanks. I go up there. There's a seat, and it's, like, built for a human being. It's big enough that a a person could sit in it. It was awesome. Totally awesome. That poor schlub, he paid for my little freaking – I'm not a big person. I am a small person, and those seats now, they are too small for me. I can't imagine the agony that normal-sized people go through trying to fly United peasant class like I did. It's tough out there, people. Well, yeah. Are we going to do a podcast? Am you I still talking? You should have taken Chicago pizza class, and then you would have had lots of room. 
I should have. Just like lounge in that big old hot tub. You know, the, the being the good guy thing, though, like now at the movie theaters, they have like previously reserved seats, right? Yeah. And so you can like, you click the little box. Okay, I think I'm going to take four, five, six, and seven because I got my whole family. And then you go to the theater and invariably somebody's in your seat and they're all sitting there with their popcorn exactly like you're talking about. And you're like, uh, I, I'm sorry, I think you're my, oh, uh, well, our seats are right there. Why don't you just sit in those? And oh, it's kind of no. like, well, wait a minute. I got on here at three o'clock and ordered my tickets early so I could see exactly where I fucking wanted to sit. So now, if I do that, I'm being a good guy, but I'm also resenting the fact that the other guy is alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see. Uh, I've never had someone suggest that I take a different seat in the movie theater in that situation. Many a time I've walked in and gone, hey, I think you're in my seat and I'll show them my ticket. Like, like I got this little piece of paper. It's got some toner on it. You've got to move. What sucks about the the reserved seats now, though, people think they can get there any time they want now. So, you oh. like, the lights are down, and then you have, like, some guy two rows in front of you who's walking down the aisle to their seat, and they go, hey, you're in my seat. Well, you should have fucking got here early so you could see what the seat numbers were. Yeah, yeah they should do it like a, like a play or something, or, like, at a certain point, nope, sorry, you cannot come <laughs> It's ridiculous, I know. You fucked up. Anyway, sorry, dude, Mr. Train, whatever. Happy anniversary, man. It's the 11th anniversary of the Bone Bad <laughs> Show. Holy smokes. We've been doing this for 11 years. 11. And 11 is, I looked it up, if, if, it's, a, if it's an anniversary and you're trying to get the right kind of gift, 11 is steel. Nice. So that's pretty, that's pretty Bone Bad. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Metal AF. I, I, I enjoy that thoroughly. Yeah, I figure I should get you like a battle axe or something. You should, definitely. That would be something a good Something I gift. can hang on the wall. I don't have any arms, any blades, any samurai swords. And as a you nerd, got a bunch I, of axes on your wall right now, but they're the musical variety. Yeah, they're the wrong kind. And as a nerd, I feel like I, I should remedy that. I need to get some, some cold steel on the wall. Or maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> I, think, I think Julie would probably not appreciate that. No, yeah, screw that. Like, this is your office. I want to give you like a 10-pound razor-sharp battle axe with an oaken handle with a big spike at the bottom of that. That's and such I a want horrible you to hang idea. it up. It'd fall off the like wall and cut my toes off. I'm just yeah. that clumsy. But, dude, happy dude. anniversary, man. Happy anniversary, so, Steve. So, we're doing some radio bone bat action. We're going to play a bunch of different songs from some of our favorite musicians. And some musicians that we hate. You know, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what we're going to do. That's right. You can't tell us what you, we're going to do. No. We've been playing for I 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to tell us now? Get off our lawn. Right. In dog years, that's old. In podcast years, it's like prehistoric. Yeah, it kind of is. There are many who have pod faded in our wake. Mm-hmm. And we're and still yet, here. We carry on. Granted, we don't do it every three weeks anymore. <laughs> no. We've evolved a little, just enough. We're like the cockroaches of the podcasting world. Anyway, so uh, lots of cool music. We open the show with Two Thumbs Up from Mike Vadova off of his 2016 release, Super Buzz. And that is fortuitous because... 
One of the things I want to highlight this episode, uh, I mentioned last show that we've got a big concert coming up on October 31st at the High Dive. My band Social Meteor will be headlining the Halloween Against Homelessness concert, uh, all of the proceeds of which will go to uh, FacingHomelessness.org. Joining us, our special guests, Death Star and Mike Vadova. It's going to be a great time. I hope you can join us. Uh, We're going to have an interview with uh, the folks at FacingHomelessness.org in a little bit so you can learn a little bit more about the event. And uh, we're going to have a lot more music. So uh, there's going to be plenty to enjoy in this celebratory episode 169 of the Bone Bad Show. But first. First. Like we always do, Gord. Every goddamn time. It wouldn't be a Bone Bad Show if we didn't know. What pisses you off, man? I'll tell you what pisses me off, Steve. What's that, Gord? Amazon is censoring me. What, your reviews of Three Wolf Moon shirts? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why won't Amazon post those reviews? Is it the nudity? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's not for me to answer. I don't know. I feel like the only way I could properly review those shirts, though, is in, you know, the format of nude mime and where are we going with this no i bought a little bluetooth doodad on amazon hundreds of reviews four and a half stars seemed like the thing to buy bought it it didn't work worth a crap sent it back and i went to leave my review my one star this shit don't work review i typed it up i clicked my star i went to post it because this is four and a half stars mind you Went to post my review. Amazon said no. Says we're experiencing unusual review volume at this time. Mm. We cannot. I don't know what that means, but all I know is it's still four and a half stars, and I couldn't tell Amazon or the people that shop at Amazon what a ripoff this little Bluetooth piece of crap is. Maybe you should try again later. It didn't even say try again later. It just said you. No. The other thing, the other thing more immediate that pisses me off is tonight we're going to do a podcast. Yes. I was prepping. I was prepping dinner physically. I was prepping podcast mentally cutting onions. And I had an onion knife finger situation. Oh where no. I, oh yeah. And I, the, the left hand always pays for the mistakes of the right. <laughs> it's not fair. Life isn't fair. And I cut my, my left index finger with this Kyocera ceramic chef's knife. Ooh. And that thing, I, I leaked. I did not stop bleeding. It's one of those things that after a while it becomes a little bit disturbing because you're losing an awful lot of blood for such a small opening. Did it bleed like the Dickens? <laughs> like the Dickens, like a stuck pig, as my father would say. Bled like a stuck pig. Well, if you pass out during the podcast, I know why. You'll know what happened, yeah. You lost too much blood. Yeah. Plenty of gauze, plenty of tape, several band-aids. It's just like this cup of blood surrounding my index finger now. And though I am right-handed, an awful lot goes on with that left index finger because I mouse left-handed. So that's my clicking finger. Further, I never learned to type properly. And when I type, my left index finger hits probably 90% of the keys. Really? I'm crippled. But you're not left-handed. I know I'm not left-handed. That's weird that you use a mouse with your left hand. I'm a weird man. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, if I pass out, 
during the podcast, probably loss of blood. If I follow up with an email that says, that's because I'm trying to type with this finger. What about you, Steve? What pisses you off? Hey, you ever kickstart anything, Gordon? I have kickstarted a number of things. There seems to be this thing going on right now, and I don't know if it's because of like crowd backer and these these kind of backer kit things that come along after the campaign is completed. Uh, we don't do that for our Bone Bat Film Fest Kickstarters, but uh, I, there have been a couple of Kickstarters lately where you do your pledge. Say your pledge is thirty bucks. And so you, right. you do 30 bucks. Okay, that's what it is. They charge your card, 30 bucks, And then afterwards, you get the survey, and you go to fill out the survey, and it's like you owe another 8 bucks. And because? It, wait, what, for what? Because they didn't include the freight in the Kickstarter to begin with. Listen, people who do campaigns, I fucking hate this. This is super annoying. I don't want to have to do a second transaction for you. And I know that some of you, especially with board games, the idea is, well, you're going to come back and we're going to try to get you to do some add-ons. I don't want to do add-ons. I want to pay for it once, and I don't want to think about it again until nine months from now when you finally send me your game. So from now on... Just take my advice and include the freight up front. And don't tell me, oh, well, we don't know how much the freight is going to cost. Yes, you do, more or less. We do it every year. Figure it out. And if you have to eat a buck or two on this shipment or that one, you make it up somewhere else, that's fine. Nobody cares. It's all there to support you. We're helping you make your dream happen. So include the fucking freight in the original campaign. God, that pisses me off. Yeah, that uh, that has never happened to me because usually what I do is I back movies. Yeah, and that would that would totally piss me off. Yeah, it's... you know what, Steve? I in my other non podcasting life, I have an online store which sells industrial items. Yes, and the shipping is always freaking calculated and included automatically. Yeah, that's and right. It's always close. You know, sometimes it it costs me more to ship it than I actually get paid. And other times it it, it goes the other way, but it all averages out. It's not it's, rocket science. It's not but brain it, science. But it is down to a science now. Amazon has been in the world for over a decade. So we've been shipping stuff for a long time. We've got a pretty good idea how it's going to play out. So you don't have to like nickel and dime people that way. It's super lame. Yeah, now I'm pissed off for you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, you know, 11 years together. Why don't we listen to a smoking hot new tune? Oh, yes. This tune is just came out today, the day we're recording this, from Schaefer the Dark Lord, Vince Vandal, and Michael Kill. This is O-Death. Long 
long time coming, long time running Fill my lungs with dust and then I zombie shuffle away from him I guess I have to face it, death moves at his own pacing He's in my every sniffle and the aftertaste of chasers I carry two erasers for those who seek emplacement I'm merchant on the street with networks of some displaced vagrants They greet me with such hatred, their love borders on paces A fiend who pays you to kill them with smiles upon their faces New age Dr. Robert, unlicensed practitioner More off tempo percussion than deep space listener I have a lot to answer for, locked behind the heavy door But honestly these days I rarely sleep upon this cold floor Know what is in store for one who samples his own wares I see the demon faces on the subways drawn in pairs I'm seldom underwears, but sliding towards the ledge Won't take many more steps to wind up slipping from the edge In. It was not locked. You're looking well. Well, you're not. Are you not shocked that even with your top docs and 11th hour God talk that I would not arrive in time? Come on, let's take a long walk. We got a lot to talk about. Get up, chop, chop. Some time's a wasted. Yeah, the clocks are racing. Tick tock. We got a boat to catch at the River Sticks dock. A funeral march mixed in with a little hip hop. By now, your life is flashing past you faster, faster. Flip a full of pictures of mistakes and questions which you never answer. You see the darkness which envelops you grow nearer and deeper. Be the wind, sun, and the rain. Baby, don't fear the reaper. Reflect upon regrets. I bet there's some you might have missed. I'm the ghost of Christmas future with your final gift. So I will take your hand and listen to you screaming through it. Or I can just extend a finger, let you lean into it. doesn't matter but i got time left look the clock is shattered there's still fuel in the tank not on your life son not once i'm wielding my sight like it's a siphon but can i flee from me well many have made attempts why now why me come on you know no one's exempt but it hurt oh merciful destroyer will i suffer brother please let's avoid the spoilers Time is finite, a million gears have rusted The hands are closing in and hold the straw for pills you're crushing It isn't fair, change direction just to push through Ran for many years only to wind up back here with you What does that mean? You cast seeds upon the stones And dare to grimace now that they took root in what has grown, so What about my plans? Oh, your legacy is ash It's time to see the truth It's always me behind the mask
are back, and those songs, of course, the uh, first tune was Oh Death from Schaefer the Dark Lord and Vince Vandal, produced by Michael Kill off their brand new release, Department of Darkness, which you can find at SchaeferTheDarkLord.Bandcamp.com. Following that, uh, we had one from Surrealized called Light It Up off their 2015 self-titled album. And uh, joining us now, I am thrilled to have with us on the show from the organization FacingHomelessness.org, B'nai Bacaba. How are you doing, B'nai? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today about facing homelessness. and uh, We're really, really excited to be doing this with you. We are thrilled to uh, have an opportunity to work with you to make a difference here in Seattle, at least for one night. Can you... <laughs> My drummer was the the person who uh, introduced us to facing homelessness, as uh, his wife does a lot of work in Redmond with homeless youth, and uh, mm-hmm. that's how we got keyed in. But can you tell our listeners how facing homelessness got started? Absolutely. So facing homelessness really began as a passion project for uh, founder Rex Holbein. So in 2010, he had an architecture firm in Fremont near the bridge there and um, he started really inviting people living outside to come into his office and take refuge in his office and letting them use the restrooms and stuff like that. Um, So through that experience he started seeing that the beautiful people that he was meeting outside did not match up to the stereotype that we are all too familiar with and so he decided to start a social media page on Facebook sharing these beautiful stories and sharing with us, the greater community, what he's actually finding and how truly beautiful these individuals are and just trying to humanize their experience. And through that Facebook page, he started um, receiving notes from the community wanting to help. And um, so he started posting not only about their stories and what's going on in their lives, but at the end of each post, he'd make an ask like, hey, this is Steve. He needs a pair of shoes, for example, and the community will donate a couple dollars together to raise enough funds to buy Steve a pair of shoes. And so to this day, we still have our Facebook page and we still share beautiful stories of people living outside and we do ask folks, um, there's items that that individual may need. And for over eight years, every single ask that was made on our Facebook page has been successfully met. And we have over 50,000 followers on Facebook from over 45 different countries worldwide. So it's a very, very big following. Yeah. And I mean, it's really a testament to our communities. Like we all want to be a part of the solution. We don't want to see one another suffering. And so it's facing homelessness. This is a way of getting plugged in and getting closer to the issue. And that is really our main mission at Facing Homelessness is to you know, gather everyone into the task of ending homelessness by getting closer to the issue. That makes a lot of sense. And facing homelessness has expanded beyond just the Seattle area now, right? We do have some sister cities who are trying to do the same thing on Facebook by sharing different stories. But um, our operations are in Seattle. We have different programs that we run. So Mm -hmm. the Just Say Hello campaign is the really the bones of our organization is asking everybody again to come closer to the issue. And, you know, when you're walking by and you see somebody outside asking for money and you, I mean, 
I should speak for myself, but sometimes I feel a little uncomfortable and I don't really make eye contact with them because I feel guilty for not being able to do enough. And so the individual feels unseen and avoided and just really pushed on the, at the outskirts of society. And mm-hmm. so with the Just Say Hello campaign, we're just asking people to stop for a second, see that person and humanize their experience. Just say hi, because more than anything, they just want to feel seen. You may not have much to give, but giving yourself is a much bigger deal than we give ourselves credit for. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so with the Just Say Hello campaign, we also have the window of kindness here at our office. Mm-hmm. So we're located on 40th and 9th. We're sharing space with University Friends Meeting, and we have the basement. And out of the basement, we receive donations from the community. So things like tents, tarps, sleeping bags, socks, the essential to stay warm and dry outside. And so people living outside will come down to our window for these essential items that mm-hmm. are donated um, by the community. We don't make a specific ask really for those items either, but this is just another space that we've created for people to come down to get what they need, which also includes, you know, that human connection and touch. Some do come down because they need that tent or that tarp because it got stolen or the weather has made the socks wet and moldy but more often than not they come down because they know that this is a space that's been created for them where they can feel seen and heard i remember the other day i sat down with ezekiel and ezekiel is somebody who i've met recently as i started working with facing homelessness and he comes by just to chat and we've made a connection so he he doesn't necessarily need any of the goods that we have here, but he knows that when he comes down here, he has a friend in us. And again, that's just going back to facing homelessness mission to getting closer to the issue and really humanizing their experience and seeing how beautiful each every each individual is. It could be it could be you, Steve. It could be me. It could be your best friend. It could be your grandma. So it could be really anybody. And so if we take the time to see that and show compassion, we can all end homelessness. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest challenges you face and how can our listeners perhaps help? With homelessness, it's such a huge issue that I feel um, a lot of the times we try and avoid it. And really in this climate, it's been so politicized and um, all the stereotypes that are associated with the with the issue here does not help. So I think that's really our biggest challenge is the fact that it's such a polarizing topic. Um, so for your listeners, I would suggest that, again, we just live up to the mission of our organization, just to come closer as best as we can. Saying hello is a big deal. You don't have to fix their every problem. You don't need to find them housing. But if we're able to hear them out, hear their stories, and really break down those negative stereotypes, we will be able to come to a solution through compassion. (laughs) Fantastic. Are there any other programs that Facing Homelessness provides for trying to improve the situation? Absolutely. So two years ago, we started um, the Block Project. And again, that is an um, an extension of our mission here to coming close. So the Block Project is a community building project and also housing initiative. When we're building 125 square feet homes 
in the backyard of homeowners. And we're trying to do one block home on every residential block in Seattle. Wow, And so the home is really... Yeah, they're really beautiful. If you don't, if you have a chance to come by sometime, you should definitely come visit one. We are, we have three homes right now. We're in the process of starting the third one, but we have one in Beacon Hill, and the second is finishing construction in Greenwood. Um, so the home is fully equipped. It's beautifully designed by Rex, of course, and his daughter Jen, um, and they're both architects. Mm-hmm. The home comes equipped with. A hot plate, a microwave, um, a shower, a toilet, a pull-out bed, and a folding table. So it has all the essentials that you need um, for a home. And so with this home, we are um, it's going to be for somebody living outside to move in and be neighbors and just really start a new journey in the embrace of community. And that's really our focus. I personally do not have a backyard to give, but I can definitely say hello. So all our programs really um, tie in with our mission of coming closer. Wow, that's that's really touching. Uh, kind of getting somebody back involved with the community and then giving them that step up so that they can be a member of the group again. I, I think that's really valuable. Yeah, and I mean, we talk a lot about those that are living outside, but this work is also for those that are living inside. Um the, the person living outside never really left community. We pushed them out, you know. So it's really um, work that both sides have to do to um, reconnect. Thank you so much for spending some time sharing your program with our listeners. Uh, we're very excited to uh, be able to do a show with you guys. Uh, all the proceeds of our Halloween show are going to go to facinghomelessness.org, all the ticket sales. And uh, we have our own ask. Uh, we would like to ask uh, any attendees to bring some socks. And uh, if you bring some socks to donate for the cause, uh, we will give you a band sticker to take away with you. So that That's is awesome. our little ask from social media. If you can do that, uh, will make a little difference. It's it's not going to cure all yeah, of homelessness, yeah. but at least for one night, we can do a little something. We can uh, spread some joy, have Every, some fun, and exactly. do a little something to help out. Exactly. Every little bit helps. And the sock job is amazing because as we're turning into fall and winter, um, socks will get really cold and wet quickly outside, especially in Seattle here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really amazing. And I mean, we're so excited to be partnering with you guys. And thank you so much for doing this benefit for us. It's, it's a really an incredible, an incredible move. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. And thank you again. <laughs> so where can our listeners find out more about facing homelessness? So I would please, please follow us on Facebook. Facebook is an amazing tool that we've been able to leverage to communicate and to share our stories with our greater community. So Facebook is a great place to start. And of course, Instagram, um, our website, facinghomelessness.org and theblockproject.org um, for more information on those programs and our operations. And if you'd like to volunteer either at our office and be at the window of kindness, or if you prefer to be on the build site, hammering away, um, please find us on Time Counts, or you can also email me at benay at facinghomelessness.org. Benay is B as in boy, E as in egg, N as in Nancy, 
E as an egg, at facinghomelessness.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show, Benet. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to Halloween. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll see you on the 31st. Hopefully all the listeners will be there too. I hope so too. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Sometimes I feel like I'm never gonna get there And other times I feel like I just arrived When everyone feels pulled in every direction It's hard to take the time for what's inside I only have nine friends who ask me how I'm doing when they do, I always feel surprised I don't think everybody else, they are not caring It's hard enough to ask yourself sometimes And then these days when we're running From one thing to another out of breath And trying to find our way Through the fields and the mountains of our lives, every prophet speaks of love, and to give it all away, and lay it on the line, lay it on the line, lay it on the line, lay it on the Time would ever find me I never used to feel these aches and pains But now when I see someone who's old and walking weary I see a life well lived to celebrate Well have you ever had a year when everything was changing The only hands you had could not keep up then the day you found you finally have a limit A certain peace that's found in giving up And in these times when we're running From one thing to another out of breath And trying to find our way Through the fields and the mountains of our lives Every prophet speaks of love Give it all away And lay it on the line 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 And if I only knew what I didn't know sooner if I only knew that there was no back of the line No reason that I could find through it all Only purpose can come from a fall Then would I lay it on the line 
dead party Put on something black or you might make a scene Follow my instructions and we'll start to clean Cobwebs in the attic The attic is a well-known cobweb breeding ground Reach above your head and try to pull them down Oh my god, I can't believe what I just found Black Widow Spider From Kirby Crackle, we had the beautiful tune, Lay It on the Line. From their brand new release, Suburban Hearts Vigilante Hymns, which can be found at kirbycracklemusic.com. And that last tune was Gothic Dance Party from Ride It Out Like a Turbo Horse by We Wrote the Book on Connectors. And joining us now, the one and only Mike Votava. How you doing, man? I am doing great. How are you? I am doing wonderfully. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show and for uh, agreeing to uh, spend an evening playing music with us on Halloween night. I am so fired up about this. Yeah, it should be a good time. I can't think of much of a better way to spend Halloween than, you know, fully decked out in costumes and playing music for a bunch of fun people. So it should be a good time. Absolutely. I spent the last week digging down the uh, Mike Votava hole, which is every bit as hot as it sounds. And I'm totally impressed by your prolif- oh, prolificity, <laughs> prolificness. I, I'm not sure the word, but goddamn, you've got a lot of music, man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do is sit in my <laughs> my room and make songs. How did you get you know? started? Have you just always been, uh, you picked up a guitar one day and just started writing? Or how did you get to a point where you're just had to put out new stuff well you know yeah i started with like just playing guitar and things like that but i quickly learned like my skill set of guitar playing and like you know overall music abilities isn't going to get me anywhere it's not as fun as as actually sitting down and making something new all the time and and having this sort of sort of this challenge in front of you and just seeing like what what you can do so you know it kind of comes from that a little mm-hmm. bit. So, you know, I, I like to write sort of the songs that, you know, I'd want to hear almost. So that's kind of where I am. So. So do you always set like a hard deadline for yourself? Is that when you find yourself most productive? I think deadlines generally help um, with most things to in, in accomplishing things, but not all the songs have come from 
from deadlines, certainly. You know, I'm doing a thing where I'm trying to write and record a new song every week and uh, release it via my website and on Bandcamp and through my um, newsletter. But, you know, it, it's pretty challenging to, to keep up a certain level of quality and do that every week. So um, certainly I'm, I've, I've written and put out more songs the last two years um, because of that sort of ar- arbitrary deadline that I put on myself than, you know, if I didn't have it. So I haven't necessarily made a new song every week, but I've certainly made a lot more because I've sort of put that um, challenge in front of me. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed in just as I've been exploring your, your stuff is that you, you'll often kind of mix it up. Like, oh, was that a little bit of polka in there? Like, you, you've got enough range to do a lot of different kind of styles, which, which makes it interesting, the variety that you're able to pull off. Yeah, so I, I take every opportunity to do something silly or try to put in little jokes in there that, you know, make me laugh. So, you know, the idea is if it makes me laugh and I think it's good, hopefully it'll, you know, other people sort of get the jokes, even though it, sometimes there isn't a very uh, clear setup and punchline sort of thing. It's like, oh, there's a poker line in this. Where did that come from? <laughs> and then you hear that and you think about it and go, oh, that's crazy. And you sort of laugh a little bit, but... um it doesn't. It, it, it's challenging to to do that sort of stuff, but to do it in sort of a, a way that doesn't take away from the the song and what you're trying to kind of accomplish with it. Like you know, you want to put it in there where it sort of you know makes sense, where it's not com- as completely out of left field as it might first appear to be. So those are sorts of the jokes that I try to hit. <laughs> well, and I love, like, sometimes you will surprise the listener, too. Like, yesterday, my daughter and I, we were driving in the car, and the chorus for Two Thumbs Up comes up, and we both just started cracking up. It was just great. Yeah, that, that's um, that's really kind. Um, I, I love that song. I think it's one of, one of my best songs that I've ever written. So um, there's going to be a version of that on my upcoming album, which should be out, I don't know. I'm working on it now, so oh, nice. it should be out early January. So fantastic. Well, we'll have you back yeah. on then and uh, play a little more cool stuff for our listeners. Yeah, that'd be, absolutely. That'd be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would be. So please, right, please man. have me back. <laughs> unless I done. get, unless you get like lots of like angry emails about that guy, that guy sucked too much. We don't want him on your show. So <laughs> if that happens, you, you, you know, you can let me know and I don't have to be back. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring the ratings down. So. I, I don't think you're going to do that. I, you, you kind of talked about how making yourself laugh is the most important thing. That's kind of the entire philosophy of the Bone Bat Show. So <laughs> I totally understand yeah. where you're coming from there. Yeah. Good. Good. We'll <laughs> hopefully, you know, we're sort of operating on the same same page there, and that always helps. So absolutely adds to the chemistry of the show. So where can our listeners find your stuff, Mike? Uh, you can find me on a on a little place called the Internet. Um, I've heard of it. Intriguing. At, uh, <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, I don't need to go into too much detail, but if you type <laughs> in Mike Vodava into the Google, I will show up. Oh, is it Vodava? Of, okay. Mike Vodava. I'll reintroduce is, uh, you so that I don't fuck your name up. You should have said something. People fuck my name up all the time. It's almost <laughs> funnier if you leave it as you know a mispronounced you know mispronounced the whole time so but whatever you want to do like, there then it's, i look like the kind of guy who didn't bother asking you how to pronounce your name which i didn't so i guess i am that kind of guy yeah so you know you know it's important to be transparent about these things so <laughs> um 
it's kind of a funny ongoing joke with me that nobody gets the name right. Even people I worked with, you know, for years in the music community, art community, people I work with at my actual job, they don't they don't fucking know either. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> could be worse. Um, Your name could be Zoran Gavoyich. So there's that. That, yeah, would that be worse? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Anyway. Um, but yeah, MikeVadova.com is a, is a good spot. I'm on Bandcamp. There's some YouTube video stuff on there. But mainly my website is, is, is the place that you want to go if you want to uh, know more about me. Fantastic, man. All right. Well, uh, one last question we like to ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Mike, what uh-huh. pisses you off, man? You know, I hate the Rams. I fucking hate the Rams. The it's football a good team. to hate the Rams, yes. Yeah, they the really make me mad. Yeah. yeah, we're playing them this week, and um, I don't expect we'll win. You know, I'm not looking forward to that. So, But I do hate them very much. <laughs> I understand. Good. All right, well, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about this next song? Oh, Meat Thermometer. <laughs> Yeah, so that I, I think I made that song. I must have made it uh, last year. I think it was last year. I don't know. It, it was around Thanksgiving time, and I, I was going grocery shopping, and I, I spent so much money at the grocery store. Like, they were running a thing where you, you spend, like, 150 bucks, you get a free turkey, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll take a free turkey, and I took it home with me. Um, and I, I don't know how to cook a turkey, and I've never done that before. And yeah, I had the sort of plan in my head that, oh, I'm, I'm going to cook this turkey and invite a bunch of friends over and we're going to eat turkey. Doesn't, maybe not on Thanksgiving, but whatever. Or maybe I'll just like eat turkey sandwiches all week. But it turns out I did it wrong and I, it didn't defrost properly. Or I, it was in the fridge for too long, so I had to end up throwing it out. But that, that sort of made me sad. <laughs> um, and so in my head, I never really got to do this turkey party that I imagined. And it kind of got me down thinking down that path and like, it's not a a literal retelling of that story, certainly, but it is very Turkey oriented. So, you know, that's kind of it. All right. Well, here it is folks. Oh, the other thing is that, Oh, interrupt you. Oh, I do that all the time. I do that at my live shows too. I like fucking interrupt people who, who want to talk about me or say something else that's more important. But the other thing was, the neat thermometer thing is kind of interesting. I didn't, because there's a little bit of a sexual innuendo there, which I didn't really intend, but it sort of just kind of came out in the, in the songwriting. So it's more supposed to be about the actual turkey and cooking a turkey than it is like having sex with somebody. But <laughs> anyhow. Uh, well, the only reason I'm playing it, because I thought it was, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe you should choose a different song, because I do... You definitely do have songs that are specifically about having sex with people. So maybe you should have picked. Maybe I should have given you some warning. Uh, so that this one's on me. So sorry no, about no, that. No. Meat Thermometer is a lovely song, and we're going to listen to it right fucking now. Uh, fantastic. Turkey, turkey, in the oven, needs some loving, my meat thermometer's gonna take your temperature, when it's time, just say the word, 
Mike Vadova, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show, and you're probably still listening to it, even now, even even right now, you're probably still listening to it. So good job. You should uh, you should pat yourself on the back or uh, give yourself a high five. Good job. Hey, kitties, gather around. The man with the goodies is here. A pass of many heroes on the road to fail One portentous purchase and our paladin prevails I'm in sales but I don't run a retail location Find it easier to egress in my chosen vocation When the chips are down and the odds are high See me standing in the shadows with a way to get by Twist your tragedy to triumph, turn your want to win Turn the tables on the terribles, much to their chagrin I'm the edge that you're after, I'm the shiniest slice Pure perfection, proffered properly at a premium price I move a medley of mushrooms from red to green Market many marumaris and a mingling of beans I peddle in potions that protect and parry I'm known to some, but not to many, as a social apothecary I'm a social apothecary, dealing in champions Got the power of items for performance enhancements To exceed in the deed, yeah, I got what you need Won't mislead you and me, guaranteed to succeed I'm a social apothecary, dealing in champions Got the power of items for Enhancements to exceed in the deep Yeah, I got what you need Moments need true and deep Guaranteed to succeed Path to my victory Paid with good intentions Whispers and mentions Of skill boost inventions Procurements for the progress Of this paladin's quest Go from bastard to the best Become better than blessed Cape feather got me flying high Feeling invincible Take a star hit Clutching shiny and colorful So beautiful In this hammer brother suit Indestructible Collecting shrooms and loot on a fireflower Friday, Super Saturday, spent stoned in a big way. Big world always seems to outsize me. Humongous, so oh, go from shy 
I got a MC, it's easy. Get hooked on the success, princess and riches lead to strong out excess. Pick battles just to prove my powerful prowess. Addicted to the caress of my countless conquests. I'm a social mother, every day living champions at the power of items for performance enhancements. You exceed in the deed, yeah, I got what you need. Social about the carry dealing enchantments Got the power of items for performance enhancements To exceed in the deep, yeah, I got what you need Women's need, true indeed, guaranteed to succeed E-pack, big stack, cause I got a mega need Screw attack, got your back, satisfaction guaranteed Spirit balls, got them all, all to beast for the Hit the pound, hit the pound, knock them flat on their asses. Spread shot, why not? Go from three to thirty. Power pellet, yeah, I sell it. Ghost riding dirty, heart container, no brainer. Gotta keep me alive, red elixir. I'm your fixer, now you're gonna revive. The great responsibilities that come with power tend to tower over my ability, so I devour sweet to sour to defeat varieties of missions laid at my feet. I'll acquiesce to my addiction before I accept defeat. Please to make your acquaintance, I'm sure you'll journey far. Always ready with a remedy. A power up star though the rates may change and the wares may vary you will find what you need with a social apothecary i'm a social apothecary dealing enchantments got the power of items for performance enhancements to exceed in the deed yeah i got what you need will mislead you and be guaranteed to succeed i'm a social apothecary dealing enchantments got the power of items for performance enhancements to exceed in the deed yeah i got what you need will mislead you and be guaranteed to succeed we are back and you of course recognize that last song it was social apothecary from death star and joining us now on the show none other than cosplay from death star how you doing man uh, i'm doing pretty good doing pretty good just uh just doing some shopping well well on this interview good choices <laughs> i've seen you buy a video game while rapping on stage i've seen you eat a sandwich <laughs> While rapping, you are the ultimate multitasker, my friend. What it is, is that I just don't give my art or creativity any kind of level of respect or awe and just live my life through this waste of time that I'm in called Death Star. <laughs> I get it, man. Well, I gotta say, I'm so excited to be playing with you. We've done stuff together for a long time you've been on the bone bat show many times i think uh social apothecary you premiered on the show your mom you, you yeah. premiered on the show there's been like a couple yeah. of songs you played our film festival our second year which was fantastic yep and now mm -hmm. we're coming full circle my band social media is actually going to play with death star i'm all a flutter I am also very excited to uh, enjoy your band and have yet another act in Brotherhood that can obfuscate how terrible we are on stage <laughs> when our fans are like, that concert was good. Was Death Star good? Did we come for Death Star? I'm not clear anymore, but Social Media was dope, and then that, that's what they'll remember, right? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure they say that. We're practicing our asses off, though, so I hope that uh, we will acquit ourselves well. But there's uh, other paid professionals with you on the bill, with Mike Vitava, who we just spoke to, and uh, we're very excited about this gig. It's going to be a good time. Yes, yes, and it gives me something to do on Halloween, which is feels right <laughs> as opposed to just sit alone at home and eat entire Halloween bags of candy while I don't answer the door. 
All right. So what's Death Star been up to for an earlier part of this year? Uh, it's been a minute since we chatted on the show. Uh, yeah, we kind of took a little time, you know, right? We decided not to do a lot for a bit. And then, um, then we're, we're working on things. We're writing things. You know, we released some stuff. Uh, we went, we had a booth at Emerald City Comic Con, right? Easy and then season. we released some items. Yeah, easy CZ. We released that little thing for that. The Strong Sandwich was released to the public around that time. So, like, you know, we're, we're playing around with it. We're actually, we're working on something. I don't like saying dates or times or anything, but we're working on <laughs> some pretty true. special stuff we're going we're gonna to announce after the Halloween show. So All right. uh, there may be some fresh newness that we can forget as opposed to the old songs that we forget. <laughs> so uh, that's very good. <laughs> yeah, remembering lyrics, man. Uh, now I know what that's all about. That's yeah. challenging. It's not the easiest thing. I don't thing. know how. I don't know how 3PO does it. He says like three times the amount of words I do, and he remembers most of them. I say like, like, like barely a sentence, and I've lost the way halfway through. Yeah. Or what about somebody like Beefier Front, who like they're hard words on Shut. top of it. They're so complicated. They're so complicated, and they're all complex rhyme schemes and everything. And we're just like, we're gonna do a song about corn dogs this time, um, and we're on still gonna one. screw it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm excited to play with you guys, right? Because um, we love you, Steve. You're, uh, as as 3P said, we would help you move. Oh, shit. And do you understand? Uh, me, I hate moving. 3P doesn't even like moving from his bedroom to the kitchen. Um, like, like nobody, nobody in Death Star. Bill Beats, you say the word, hey, can you help me move? And you get that M out. And then it's just a smoke bomb, and he's gone. <laughs> like no one, like no one in Death Star likes <laughs> likes helping anyone move. But um, I'm going to give your uh, audience a little bit of a horror story. So content warning: about a week and a half ago, I have an eye issue that causes my eye to damage itself a little bit when I'm asleep. And I'm not going to go into too much of this, but this is going to be a little bit of a of surgical horror for your audience. So I go to the doctors. My eye really, really hurts. It's damaged. It's like it's been scratched really, really bad. That's what it feels like. A lot of eye pain. Nobody likes eye pain. I go to my eye doctor, my regular eye doctor. They know what this is. And so they go to me. They put in the numbing drop. That gives me the relief. And then they look at me, and they're like, Steve, because they don't call me cosplay because they don't know about my music. (laughs) Steve, uh, (laughs) um, for your listeners that don't know, my, my Christian name is Steve. Steve, you're... I need to have some of this cleared out. I need to perform a surgery to clear the kind of rough field over your cornea and then have it healthily heal back. And so I, of course, said yes, because this sounds like a fun time, right? (laughs) But at this point, at this point, I'm just sort of desperate to try things to stop this recurring pain issue. So I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. So what has to happen is, we sit there, they, they put you in the little like face mount. That's the same thing. It's all nice when they're just looking for prescriptions, but it's the microscope, right? So that they can really look into your eyes and everything. Mm. And then he pulls out a scalpel and tweezers in his hands. And I am in a white knuckle panic gripping this. It has handholds knowing that someone's going to have to do this. So he had me grip the handholds on the little like microscope machine. Oh, no. And then... And then he approaches my eye with a scalpel, you know, like you want, like you hope is what's going to be your Friday afternoon is a nice scalpel to the eye. And I'm fighting every natural urge to get away from it. 
And then he pauses and he's like, wait, we gave you a numbing drop about 15 minutes ago. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's throw another numbing drop in there. And there was a part of me that's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then a follow-up thought of what would have happened had he not had that just (laughs) casual thought. He would have just gone into a semi-numb eye with the thing. And so he quits the numbing drop. We're back in the position. He's approaching with the scalpel. I can't feel anything. It's great. I think this is going to be fine. Got to keep my eye open. But I think it's going to be fine. And then I realized the worst thing I could realize. In the reflection of the, like, protection glass of the microscope lens he's looking at, I have a perfect shot to his scalpel scraping across my eye. Oh, as no. he cuts away little things. Oh, and that is so brutal. That's some Lucio Fulci <laughs> shit. Oh. And I could not, I can't look away because he's got to do the eye. So I just have to stare. I just have to look at myself because when it's that close to your eye, you can't really see it. You can't really feel it. You can, you know, make believe it's something else. And now I'm watching it with my other eye, just horrified for a solid like five minutes while he clears out the area and then gets it there, throws on a contact badge and sends me on my way. So. If you ever ask yourself, as a person that's ever listened to Death Star, why does their music feel like it's trying to punish my ears? It's because we live such a tortured existence, and the only thing we can do is push that out through our happy songs about having sex with your mothers or, like, meat, as I believe the next song kind of feels like. It it feels like there's a lot of food sex conversations going on in the verses of our of the song i think you're gonna play us out on holy shit so are you gonna come to the halloween show with an eye patch like slick rick uh no i wish uh, i wish anything i could do to be more like slick rick would make me just a better person <laughs> but um but no unfortunately i'm not gonna be able to i'm not gonna have to do that um i will probably just be there with my normal eyes if you see me there with sunglasses on um, you'll know that something was a problem. 3P usually wears the yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, Jess usually but, yeah. wears sunglasses anyway. I don't think I'd notice a difference he, with you guys. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. It would seem like, if you ever see me in sunglasses, if you've ever seen pictures of me in sunglasses, know that my eye was usually torn the, open. You're usually the top hat guy, and he's usually the sunglasses Yeah, guy. yeah. I'll show up in the classic derby for you um, <laughs> <laughs> for the Halloween act. My costume will be 2010 version of me. Um, <laughs> if I could lose that weight real quick, that would also be, you know, a super bonus, but I don't expect the, the 2010 version when you remembered all the words to bounce. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that version is like anymore. It's easy to remember all the lyrics to your songs when you only have like 15 songs. We have like 100 songs. <laughs> so many words. <laughs> and callback. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. You're one of my favorite people, and uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, playing some great music, having some fun, and uh, doing a little something for charity on Halloween night. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll be doing some stuff, some special stuff that'll be uh, we'll announce on the page as it gets closer for people. That'll be hopefully quite exciting. For the like eight fans of ours that exist in the world, <laughs> fantastic. And where can our listeners find your stuff again? Uh, of course, you can always go to DeathStarHipHop.com. You can click to our music link there. You can go to DeathStar.Bandcamp.com if you don't want to deal with the rest of the website and you just want them sweet tunes. Um, and of course, anything social media at Death Star Hip Hop. You know, you'll find us all 
all over the place. Fantastic. And our last question, I don't even know if I need to ask you that what pisses you off because you just told me, I think. Uh, no. So, um, <laughs> no? okay, here, well, I'll, I'll do it right then. Cosplay, what <laughs> pisses you off, man? What's what's not political that I can say that doesn't? I mean, if you want my political hot takes, just friend request me on Facebook. You'll get them. Um, but uh, uh, here's what pisses me off. This is what pisses me off. So recently, I realized that I'm in my mid to late thirties, which is a very upsetting age to be. I don't recommend it. And because of that, something clicked over in my in my terrible eating habits that has shaken my world. And that thing, sir, is that I have noticed that my blood pressure has finally been going up. Now, one would look at me and assume that I had blood pressure problems <laughs> all along, but that was not the case. I was living on borrowed time of just some sort of metabolism trick where my blood pressure was a little high, but only like 130 over 85, 130 over 90, 140 over 90, like way lower than a person who eats fast food daily should have for blood pressure. And now it's finally crept up. And I have discovered that everything I like to eat is killing me aggressively. And I was most upset about this with fish crackers. I was not prepared for fish crackers to betray me like they did. But they are like salty pretzels with peanut butter in them. Yeah, no, no shit. It's got a lot of salt in it. You know, cheeseburger and fry from a fast food joint. Of course, of course, it has a lot of salt in it. Fish crackers have more sodium in them than Lay's potato chips. What? How is that even damn possible? I had How no is idea. That possible? That's insane. Yeah, I can't eat anything frozen anymore. I got to eat vegetables now, like some sort of deer or elk in the woods. Um, like it's just <laughs> a nightmare. So I will take eye pain in the morning for unlimited cheeseburgers. If that could be, I mean, I've got both. I've got both. It's like I made the deal wrong. They're like, here's some chronic eye pain because you're older and you treat yourself poorly. Also, now you have to watch how much sodium you intake, which is a horrifying and which is an irritating thing. And I'm like, ah, this just does not coincide with my life plan of eating whatever I want till I die at the age of 100. I don't, I don't know what went wrong, Steve. I don't know what went wrong, but it pisses me off. Yeah, that's a that's a harsh reality, man. Damn. Mm. Yeah. So we're meeting next week for cheeseburgers, right? Yeah, no, we're totally going to (laughs) cheeseburgers. But you better believe that is, it's like Katsu Burger, what did you eat for breakfast? A salad, what did you eat for dinner? Applesauce, right? Like that's all I get. Instead of Katsu Burger followed up by like a Qdoba burrito. Um, I can talk about all of my my salt revelations. I can sound like a 70-year-old woman right now about (laughs) sodium counts on food and how much I'm mad at it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's horrifying. Well, anyway. I look forward to your KLEP in early 19. <laughs> <laughs> Me, P. Death Star, trying not to die. <laughs> so speaking of food, why don't you tell our listeners about this next song, man? Um, so Unusual is like, so it's off the pastrami sandwich EP, which also has a lot of salt in it. And uh, we did it. Uh, Zilla Persona, who's been on a lot of our tracks, uh, did all the beats for this. Love and then he raps and sings on a lot of it. He's great. We did this competition thing, and then we turned them into real songs. And everything with, with, with 3PO, that's how you know they're legitimate songs, is because there's someone other than me rapping on them. And uh, then we decided, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do kind of like a posse track with some people? We didn't have one. 
And uh, also, I kind of wanted to rush it out, and I wanted to be lazy and only write eight bars and rap those eight bars. <laughs> and so um, we did this song, and the only thing I was doing is, like, make it questionably sexual and weird, and then maybe food. And everyone <laughs> jumped on on all three of those in different ways. Uh, Death Star especially, because we equivocate food and sex, of course, if you look at us. And then Shubzilla, I'm not even sure hers is about sex. Hers, I'm pretty sure it's just about food. But, like, that's also not a wrong choice. So, <laughs> this is unusual off a pastrami sandwich. There are no wrong answers, yeah. I like it. All right, here it is, folks. Unusual. Do you want to get unusual? some Canadian ice cream. I'm not Canadian, but I get a bit mounty. I mean it. I like to dress like a Mountie. Put this in your mouth, please, like a boxing day goose. I'ma shove my Tim Hortons all up in that moose. Now we both on my chubby body has its limits, but just help me with this harness. We'll be blasting off in minutes. I'm not into lots of fluids. I'm not really into pain, and I don't know where you think you're going with a dozen rows of cellophane. But let me have you wear this top hat and moon shoes. Run my business while we sing the theme to Groove True. Greatest night I ever spent with your mom. I moved along and I'm Later was the day you were born. Let's get unusual. Let's get original. I'm wrecked but functional. Let's get unusual. When it comes to cuts, I'm my favorite choosing. Rump bro snacks, serve it rare, thick and juicy. Lapping up the gravy drip, drop every Baby flippy on the UV lamp, we never done it, sunny. Crack open the golden bear, covered in honey, honey, seated on a papa's on chair. Make a blasphemous religion of you. Bob my noggin like a pigeon and coo. Getting full on certifiable, my wings jaded and cynical. The Harley to my joker, all my sins made it original. You know I got contempt for all exalted treats. Pastrami's the most sensual Let's assault get in unusual. Let's get original. Let's get on. 
throw the brine away and give the meat a good rinse under cold water. Hi, this is Cosplay from Death Star, and you're making the solid decision of listening to Bone Back. Sacramento! Oh, man! It's going to be a good night! Bob Seger's back in town! We are the Nickel Slots. We're going to get your feet tapping for a few minutes here before Bob and the Silver Bullets hit the stage. You pull me in, you twist me round. You hit me upside of the head and send me sprawling on the ground. I'm all alone when you were gone. Won't you save me from my misery and come down off the wall? Remember when we used to sing? Remember why you held me tight to the night and set me free? Won't you come down where you belong? You fill me up with fear and pain to see you standing on the wall, on the wall, on the wall. Please come down into my arms because I don't want to see you slip back. Zilla Persona, Shubzilla, and Beefy off their 2018 Pastrami Sandwich EP. You can find their work again at DeathStarHipHop.com. Thanks again to Steve for joining us on the show. And that was followed by a rare live cut from our good friends, the Nickel Slots, live from their 2015 tour. That was On the Wall. So, dude, uh... Why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about our next band that we're going to play? Okay, we're going to play a little tune by Cloud Cedar. These guys are local to me. 
If you're really, really freaking old like I am and like Steve is, I'm old. you may recall. And if you still have enough of your mental facilities I together. I got a turnip to tied to my belt, as was the fashion. <laughs> custom, as was the custom in the day, and it's an onion. Come on. <laughs> get it together. I can't remember. See? See? First thing to go. That's the second thing to go. Oh. You know what the first one is? I can't remember. The turnip? <laughs> There was a band called Thin White Rope way back in the day. They had a big old hit. They were huge in Europe. They toured the Soviet Union. It was a huge freaking deal. Whatever happened to them? At the hangout where I live, we hang out together. I'm like friends with famous people, kind of. Anyway, this band Cloud Seeders got Roger Kunkel in it. He plays the guitar, and he is one of the founding members of Thin White Rope. After that, he was in a band called Acme Rocket Quartet. In fact, I everybody. remember those guys. Uh, a, band a band we that featured, we featured. Yeah, very early. Episode 7 of the Bone Bat Show. A Visit from Knuckles, I believe, is the name of that episode. How you remember these things, I have no idea. I'm fucking amazing, Steve. Mine like out. a steel trap throwback. Yes. Steel, <laughs> which happens to be the 11th anniversary. The <laughs> 11th anniversary. Aw. We're here all night, kids. <sighs> Unfortunately. Yep. Anyway, they were an Acme Rocket Quartet. Go back to episode seven. Listen, check them out. Anyway, that's that is their pedigree. What one of the gentlemen from Thin White Rope, but all of the gentlemen from Cloud Cedar are doing lately is they put out a two CD set of tunes. It's fairly improvised. It's fairly spare. A lot of planning went into the front end, and then they would just do this stuff in one take, um, not put any more instruments on top. We're going to listen to a song of speed, of sound, of music. Check it out.
echo chamber inside my head Often I stumble how I rebel Too late, too humble, now I'm
once again, that was Of Speed of Sound of Music by Cloud Cedar. You can find their stuff at www.cloudcedar.net. And I followed that up with The Fulcrum of God by Milo Craft. Uh, intrepid listeners may recall we played a few Christmas cuts from Milo Craft a while back during the holidays. And uh, it's very cool to see a new jam from him. Uh, something a lot more thoughtful, dancey, but with something to say as well. Very cool. You can find his stuff at milocraft.net. So, dude, you got any gourds, weird stuff this week? It is the month of Halloween. I hope you have something a little spooky for us. Yes, Steve, indeed. From Olympic National Park, a story of goats that have developed a taste for human flesh. What? Okay, not really. Dun, dun, human, dun. human urine. But that's, you know, <laughs> just one step removed. <laughs> that's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's depending thing. on where you're getting the urine, it's very, okay, uh, very you, you've got close. I'm intrigued. Please, okay. tell me more. Yes. Local to you, goats are being airlifted away from Olympic National Park as a result of their weird cravings. Mountain goats at Olympic National Park in Washington have developed such a taste for human urine and sweat that they are causing problems now. The salt. And, yes, I've heard of this story. Oh, continue. Yes. Continue. Yeah. Wildlife officials are having them airlifted out of the park away from where humans roam and pee. That's right. They're airlifting non-native invasive species goats that have developed a taste for human urine. Carting them out by helicopter. Because as you so astutely pointed out, it's not the sweat and the pee that the goats are after, but what's inside it. As the park's mountain goat management plan notes, mountain goats can be a nuisance along trails around wilderness campsites where they persistently seek out salt and minerals from human flesh. No, from human urine. <laughs> Packs and sweat on clothing. They paw and dig areas where the hikers have been or where they have dumped cooking water. Yes, the goats were introduced to the area that would eventually become the park about a century ago, but in recent years they've become aggressive and serious, so much so that one hiker bled to death in 2010 after cutting his finger chopping an onion. No. <laughs> and then being sucked to death by and goats. And then going to hike up in Washington and being gored by a goat. The animal had stalked the hiker for more than a mile. Can you imagine getting stalked by a goat, first of all? That is kind of terrifying, all, actually. Being murdered by one. Yes. That's, that's an embarrassing conversation with St. Peter. How'd you get up here? Uh, goat killed me. Stalked me for a mile, then killed me. St. <laughs> Peter, meet Black Phillip. <laughs> oh, that was a goat. Joke. It was literally a goat Such joke. A, a wow. horror themed goat joke. You're welcome. You, I'm you here all a, week. Stay there. <laughs> so they've captured 115 goats. The rest that they don't capture, they're going to take care of through lethal means, both ground based and air based lethal means. I'm assuming it means predator missiles. At least that's what I'm hoping. Because oh, nothing makes your Washington National Park hiking experience better. Then seeing a drone firing predator, what? No, then seeing a predator drone firing hellfire missiles at mountain goats on the side of the trail so they don't drink your urine. 
And that is my Gord's Weird Stuff for the week. That is weird. It's funny how when I heard this story originally, it didn't have any urine in it at all. It's just that they were moving the goats. And here are pictures that's really cute of the goats being moved. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I didn't hear the, the uh, other the parts. The goats were into that, water sports, yeah. That you <laughs> seem to have added to the story. But the interesting thing, okay, so why is there more salt in the Olympics? Why is there more salt in the Olympics? There's yeah, salt where in the urine. Where they're moving them to. There's more natural salt in there. There's no man. It's out in the wilderness. But there's a lot of natural salt. So they think that that's going to be a good area for them. But I don't it, know. it wasn't made clear to me what is the source of the salt in that area where they're moving them. Probably salt glaciers. I'm not sure. That's not a thing. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Well, uh, why don't we listen to another tune? All right. I can't believe I have waited this long into the show to play some metal. Let's grab something from Ex Mortis in their brand new album, The Sound of Steel. This is Feast of Flesh. Everything in this show is sex or food, isn't it?
Hey guys, this is Conan from Exmortis, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show.
<laughs> that hit the spot. Once again, that was Feast of Flesh from Ex Mortis off their brand new release, The Sound of Steel, which came out early summer courtesy of Prosthetic Records. Uh, you may recall we had them on the show back in episode 162. A lot of great stuff on the new album, if you like wall-to-wall shred, like I do. Uh, following that, we had a band from Seattle called Acid Teeth that I was lucky enough to catch last year, opening for DRI and Accused AD. Uh, that tune is called Something Away, off their self-titled debut EP. They've also got a great version of Black Flag's My War on that release, Gord, so uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, they will be playing this month in the greater Seattle area. They'll be playing in Olympia on October 13th, in Burien on October 26th with Accused AD, and in Wenatchee on October 27th. You can find them at acidteethband.bandcamp.com. So, dude, you got any multimedia triage this week? Anything a you're little, digging a on? triage. You know, you told me to go by Destiny 2. I did. So I did. And I'm, I'm beginning to play it. I realize that this is hardly cutting-edge news, uh, but <laughs> Destiny 2 is kind of fun. I need somebody to do strikes with, man. It had to happen. Okay, well. We're going to do raids. Like We're going to do strikes. Now. It's going to be awesome. What's the difference between a raid and a strike? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But they're different they, things. They're different things. Okay. I think so. I, I don't know. Assume that one is where you just like stop working. There's like Gambit and now, stop. and there's Crucible. Crucible is PvP that I suck at. So yeah, I went in there once and came in like seventh out of eight. Yeah, yeah. I felt real good about myself. Pretty much the, but at least if I'm there with you, you'll get at least six out of eight. <laughs> Maybe. I think seventh out of eight is a pretty solid bet for me in that situation, even with you there. Uh, you'll get better. That's true. Hard to get much worse. So I'm doing <laughs> a little bit of that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the game that's been occupying a lot of my time is Battletech. I did not talk about this last episode, probably because I was busy playing Battletech while we were podcasting. <laughs> right, while you were doing it. Okay. Yeah. Great. I know it's um, from a board game, a tabletop game, which I never played, but it's giant fighting mechs. It's turn-based strategy, tactical decisions, which affect your whole strategic overlook. And I like it. It's it's pretty cool. People complain that it's too slow. Fuck those people. No, I remember it's right like at my speed. I remember an early Battletech game, like on the Amiga, that like your arm would catch on fire and so you would have to repair yourself on the fly while you were in combat. Does it have that as well? Uh, your arms don't catch on fire, but they can get shot off, which is rather inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get damaged and you have to put out fires or do repairs on your mech in situ, as they would say? No, you can overheat and then you got to cool off. Or you can uh, have bits of yourself get shot off and damaged. It's uh, it's a lot of trying to make sure that the part of you that's got the most armor on it is still facing the people that are shooting at you. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, because as you go, your, your mechs are getting more shot up and their armor is coming off and holes are opening up. and you. So it's a lot of positioning. A lot of really trying not to get knocked down because once you're knocked down, if your mech is on the ground... It's it's in trouble because if you got something down, then it's sort of like call your shot. It's it's just easy to shoot out their center torso and boom, that's that for the mech. Or to teabag you, you know, if you get teabagged by another mech, that's pretty rough. 
I don't know that that's a thing in this game. <laughs> no. And then I, you're, you're teabagging some other mech and you go overheat. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of something else. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, probably one of those videos you like to watch. So Battletech, yeah. And then the things I've been watching on TV are all the things we've been talking about. I mean, I finished BoJack Horseman. It was great. I'm a little further into Ozark. It stresses me out. Oh, my God. I started watching Maniac. We finished Ozark. Yeah. That is the most stressful show on television. It's so good. That's why good. I'm not binge watching but it. But goddamn, that family is always in the shit. Like that's. I think the reason that show is on television is so you can turn to your wife and say, you know, our life isn't great, but at least we're not those guys. <laughs> good lord! It's just like it, they're continually hopping between frying pan and fire over and over and over again. Totally tense. Great show, though. Really enjoy it. Yeah, great acting, great writing. But, yeah, it, it stresses me out. I watch an episode, and then I think, you know, maybe I'll watch something else. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and so I there's something else, now that I'm done with my other things, I've, there's something else I've begun to watch is Maniac. And I've only watched the first episode. So uh, what is that show about? Give us a synopsis. Strong start. The first episode was was really cool. It's it's set in this weird dystopian future, or maybe it's just a parallel world of ours where things. It kind of reminds me of the movie Brazil, right? Where you're, it's it's like near future, but they still have old tech. Like all the the computers have the the CRT, you know, green green letters on a black background. It's a combination of a future and past, and everything's just kind of shitty. And this guy, he's going to go – the slow. The story is slowly being revealed, but he's got to go testify uh, for his brother in this upcoming trial. And apparently this guy 10 years ago was institutionalized. He has a hard time distinguishing what's real and what's not. Uh, things he, – he has hallucinations. And it's that's Jonah Hill's character. And he's God, you feel so sorry for him. He's just sort of heaving his way heavily through life, trying to keep a handle on what's real and what's not real because of things that have happened. He he ends up in a situation where he's going to do some medical testing. He's going to be a guinea pig for this drug they're going to try out. And it's going to be in this sort of enclosed can't leave the campus area. And there is this woman who he keeps seeing in posters and in the world around him. And she she's some kind of a grifter. And she's there, too. And you're not exactly sure what her story is, but it seems like she just sort of escaped into this program. And she's she's not really supposed to be there. Hmm. And so she's trying to play along with him as he his delusions play out. So he doesn't blow her cover and call attention to her. Like I said, one episode in. Solid acting, very involving, cool shit. Reminds me a little bit of um, Brazil, a little bit of Requiem for a Dream, one of my favorite flicks. Well, hopefully it'll continue to be good through the rest. Cool. Yeah, I've seen that it's on there, but I haven't uh, got around to it yet. Been watching a few movies, though. 
Yeah, what have you watched? Well, uh, we just saw a film that's on Netflix uh, that played at SIF last year. It's kind of interesting, called The Endless. Have you seen this one? I have not. I'll say this. The film starts with an H.P. Lovecraft quote, so you know that uh, that's kind of opening you up for some good things. Anyway, there's these two brothers, and uh, they, at some point in their earlier life, escaped a doomsday cult in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, the younger brother is having trouble adjusting to life on the outside. He's not enjoying being an apartment cleaner by day. They're constantly broke. They can't meet any friends, and he wants to return to the cult because he has all these great memories. The older brother is much more suspicious of the cult, and they don't come quite out and say it early on but you get the idea that he sort of orchestrated the escape from the cult so they return to the cult and things get weird fast members of the cult are the same age they were when these men left as boys and it gets weirder from there uh it reminds me of primer It reminds me of other weird sci-fi films. It's kind of low budget, and it's done more with interesting writing and acting than it is with fancy special effects. But it is a very kind of trippy, cool, thought-provoking film. Again, it's on Netflix right now. Uh, I think you should check it out. It's a great something to watch during the month of October. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it got great reviews at SIF, so... uh, I think uh, you dig it. It's just trippy, and it's the kind of trippy I think you like. We'll probably have conversations about what the ending of it meant, so that's good. Uh, yes, okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, on a totally different tack, uh, last night we went and saw the film Hellfest, which is in theaters now. And uh, the film actually was written by a gentleman, Seth M. Sherwood, who was on a panel I was on about horror comedies at Crypticon this year. That was the first time I had met him. I had no idea. But when this film came out, I was anxious to go out and see it and support it. And it's a lot of fun. It is essentially uh, six friends go to a haunted house type of a place, like a haunted amusement park, similar to Universal Studios, Hollywood Horror Nights or whatever it's called. And uh, a serial killer breaks loose in the park. Madness ensues. Lots of fun. It is very reminiscent of like an 80s horror movie. Uh, Good time. The characters are very likable. There are some creepy, tense moments and uh, some excellent kills, a couple of which that made me laugh out loud. So uh, if you enjoy, you know, just good, fun, splattery horror movies, uh, you could do a lot worse than checking out Hellfest this October. Right on. Yeah, it's a good time. And a couple of new podcasts that just hit. Our friend Eric Morgret and uh, Kelly Young have a new podcast called the Dead Again Podcast, where they break down one uh, genre film every episode. Uh, Usually shows run about 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, these are a couple of very smart thoughtful folks with uh, a lot of knowledge about movies so it's really fun to hear them riff 
on uh, some of their favorites. Uh, I've, the episodes I've listened to, uh, Reanimator, they did uh, It Follows in the latest episode, so uh, some good stuff to listen to. Uh, additionally, Kim from Horror Honeys and Bob Foster and another gentleman, Cody Bachot, uh have just put together a new podcast called City of Geek, which would appeal to anybody who uh, likes the nerdier side of life. Uh, so check that out as well. As a matter of fact, last night, uh, Kim and I, as I mentioned to you last episode, did a live tweet of the film Corpse Grinders, uh, the Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome we picked up at Crypticon this year. And that was a lot of fun. I had never live tweeted a film before. And that was a good time. We just uh, watched the movie, started at the same time, uh, a bunch of other people on the internet just jumped in and riffed along with us, and that was uh, oh, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. We're going to do it again in two weeks on uh, Sunday, October 14th at 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the next film will be another Vinegar Syndrome film called Demon Wind. So Now, Vinegar Syndrome is nothing like the Vinegar Strokes, right? No. Vinegar Syndrome is a film company that... Uh, restores and uh, puts out low-budget horror and genre films. So a lot of interesting stuff in their roster. But, uh, yeah, join us for that. If you got a, access to a copy of Demon Wind, started at 8 p.m., uh, jump on Twitter or uh, come. There will be a Facebook event page, and you can follow along with the laughs. It's a good time. Cool. And uh, that let it? me see. Are you done? I think that's about it, yeah. Well, Steve, it's been a good 11 years. It has been, man. I would, of course, like to take a moment and thank all of the folks who have listened to the Bone Bat Show over the last 11 years. Uh, You have made it possible for us to meet a lot of our heroes, musicians, filmmakers, game makers, so much great content that we have been uh, given access to because you supported us by listening to the show and giving us your ears and giving us likes and all that good stuff. So thank you so much to the listeners who make this possible. Uh, Thank you also to all the musicians who have lent their incredible music to the Bone Bad Show over the 11 years that we've been doing this. Uh, Thanks to the filmmakers who provide the raw, awesome material that makes the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival possible. Uh, Without you, uh, we wouldn't have a thing. So thank you so much again for uh, giving us your time and your energy and your attention. Don't know what I'd be doing if it wasn't for this podcast. (laughs) That's right. Probably playing Battletech. Probably so. All right. Well, uh, thank you again to Benny from FacingHomelessness.org for joining us on the show. Once again, October 31st at the High Dive, 8 p.m. Come see Mike Votava. Come see Death Star. And come see Social Meteor as we play for a great cause. I hope to see you there on Halloween night. We've been working our fingers to the bone, uh, learning some new songs for you guys. So uh, I hope you dig it. I mean, you've seen social media, man. You know what we're about. Yeah, you're a good time. People should go see this band. (laughs) I'm sold. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. 
And you can find my stuff, weekly cartoon, more or less, at MightyWombat.com. And I've got a Facebook page as well. And Steve and I and this show have a Facebook page as well. We do. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. There's a Bonebat Twitter feed as well where we often post new news about the Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, which will, again, next take place April 13th, 2019 at SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle, Washington. We hope to see you there. A Kickstarter will take place uh, in November, so keep an eye peeled for that. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Uh, I think we should play one more tune, Gord. All right. What are we going to play, Steve? Why don't we play an old Bone Bat favorite since this is a, uh anniversary episode from our good friend Beefy, which he wrote just for this very show. This is called Aww. Cover Your Eyes. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Just like most things, but slightly creepy. Watch my dad, watch the wall, dude shaved his brows, hammer sickle marching down, and I didn't see how. But those images are stuck with me, fill me full with dread. None of this is real, as all my parents ever said. But you try telling that to someone who ain't understanding context. One fish, two fish, making up my school text. Didn't watch Willow, but we really left a mark. Had to go home early, couldn't hang Jurassic Park. So needless to say, I wasn't keeping up with Elm Street. Even Little Grimace was too much for baby beefy. Imagination only turned him into nightmares. Square with the croc tears, urine in my underwear. Sleepover troll, hellraiser, and I will roll. Just pass the knife if you plan on watching Psycho. Pretty ladies meeting their demise. Survivor stocking up on supplies. Young priest, old priest, dog into exercise. I just cover my eyes. Loud noise and a quick surprise. The killer is in a disguise. Just do what the song implies. Just cover those eyes. You think you're hard because you're rolling with some rappers? You after saw, I saw some gangsters rocking pampers. Blood and guts and pickup trucks and headed for the pyre. And fresh human flesh is all that they desire. And they keep on showing us zombies like it's an outbreak. Zombies at your day job, zombies at your smoke break. Zombies at the funeral, zombies is at the christening. They moan and bite and shuffle in, but nobody is listening. I never went to summer camp or swam in open waters. God forbid you go to both to see a Jawsy Michael Myers. And the murderer is in the group and all of them are liars. All our cars are breaking down and don't believe in extra tires Subverse the genre just to find another genre As you play another finger, drop the body in some lava Family or comedy, you know I got the goods But see me running, screaming, panic from the cabin in the woods Pretty ladies meeting their demise Survivors stocking up on supplies Young priest, old priest, dog into exercise I just cover my eyes Loud noise and a quick surprise The killer is in a disguise just do what the song implies uh-huh. Come on. Just cover those eyes This says Shaun of the Dead make you grin You just have to let the right one in Feel that sliver right across your lip Thirteen ghosts dead, ghosts on the ship Conjure up the devil and drag me to hell Hell boy fight and take her in the hell in the cell My friends got a thing for screaming the ring Went to Antichrist, watch the whole damn thing oh, no. Pretty ladies meeting their demise no. 
Survivor stocking up all supplies. Young priest, old priest, starting to exercise. Oh my god, I just cover my eyes. Loud noise and a quick surprise. The killer is in a disguise. Just do what the song implies. Just cover those eyes. Pretty ladies meeting their demise. Survivor stocking up all supplies. Young priest, old priest, starting to exercise. Cover my eyes, loud noise and a quick surprise. The killer is in a disguise. Just do what the song implies. Come on, come on. Just cover those eyes. I don't know why you don't do that. I should. Oh. I had like zero time and no wheels this this trip. But yeah, and like other times I actually have dick off time. Dick off time. Dick off time. 